Hey, uh, well, first of all, I like to say, and I ask people gonna find me, because I want to be a part of this fucking dumb wannabe tennis tour. You know, I think they got their his testicles so far up their mouths that this is bullshit. You know? I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm just thinking about having won the world title and and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in and just smack the pull back, drop down, say bah. Well, I'll tell you, Stu, I did travel some humongous ways. Oh, that looks good, Not bad. Ain't that swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, those guys are fine. <laughs> Get a haircut. Yeah. Yes, pangillians, poltergeists, reptilians, and vortex shamans. Welcome to Ain't That Swell, up late, state of the culture. I'm your host for this evening, the two-time Gold Cone Piece Award-winning surf journalist, Scum Valley's finest himself, the punch-drunk pikey, the sultan of psilocybin, the plant-based punk, Sir Mivy. And I'm joined here, as always, in the studio by my loyal friend and co-host, frontman of the Goons of Doom, former, former editor of Surfing World magazine, Waves magazine, and Tracks magazine, Vaughn Dead. Vaughn, welcome to the State of the Culture. Uh, thank you, Jed Om. And uh, it's wonderful to be here for a, a, an enlightening evening of what I hope is um, clarity. Clarity in conversation and the state of surfing in general. Now, Vaughn, we have a special guest joining us this evening. Mm. He is none other than the editor of Byron Bay's worst surfing magazine, Raf Brown. Raf, welcome to Ain't That Swell Up Late State of the Culture. Thanks for putting down your crystals and your Scientology rods and joining us this afternoon. Yeah, it was. I had a lot on this evening, so yeah, to be able to uh, come here and join you for this sort of event is really big for me. I, I was preparing myself for a moon dance later on mm. and uh, I was doing some Reiki on the beach and then... Yeah, I got what the call. Is, what is the underground doof scene like at Tallow's Beach now that the social distancing has been enforced? Are you, are you still getting time to take your shirt off, get the jumbas cranking, um, sweat it up with, you know, local visitors? Or has Byron Bay gone completely turbo and started bashing these people? Well, yeah, that's a very interesting topic. Um, there's a lot of xenophobia going on. Mm. There's actually a lot of hate towards people from uh, overseas. Strange. Mm. Yeah. Strange. Mm. It is a real, uh, it does present a real bulwark to the, you know, usually tolerant uh, valleys of the Rainbow region. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we shouldn't, normally we're like, everyone's welcome to belly dance at the wreck. And hang out in your combi van, but now it's sort of just gone anti bongo, anti discotheque. Mm, you joking? Is Cheeky Monkey still open? Does anyone can anyone verify that? Uh, I can verify that it is a coronavirus hotspot, and mm. they've actually torched it. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, I assume patient zero might have come out of there, <laughs> not Wuhan. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, a quick question. I would love to congratulate you on your fine product. But, uh, Byron Bay's Worst Surf Mag is my favourite. Oh, thank you so print much. Product that's still, you know, going against the run of, of print. It's out there. It's uh, 
Wonderful. Can you sum up what Baywash magazine is in uh, a couple of sentences for our uh, listenership? And how, how can they get hold of one? Because it is remarkable. Well, I even tried to bring some down now and they've actually people have liked it, which is a little bit um, up concerning, mm. I think. And uh, I didn't actually have any to bring down. So I'll chase that up and get back to you on how I can get you some. Mm. Uh, but Baywash exists originally. My brother and I um, made it as a thought experiment. Ari Brown, also Ari Brown. A, a very talented and uh, let's say cultured surfer from the northern mm. rivers of New South Wales. Yes, yeah, yeah. So we, we sort of came up with the idea as a, a thought experiment to go, how can we present information or disinformation in a lighthearted manner and then you allow the reader to make a discern how you want to interpret the information and decide whether it's information or whether it's just absolute nonsense mm. and you have to be the sort of media without an agenda that sounds ridiculous doesn't it jed mm. very rare yeah well i guess you just have to be the person that decides whether what you're reading is actually real or whether this ad that presents something that mm. could be completely nonsense wait wait so you mean you're asking the public to use their brain that was, yeah, more or less the concept. It's a radical idea. It's wonderful, Jed. Have you um, indulged? I have indulged, and I must say, uh, you're tracking well, Raf. I think you're well on your way to uh, claiming your first golden cone piece. <laughs> uh, that would be an amazing honour. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of which, it wouldn't be ain't that swell up late if I didn't toast the occasion with my traditional sacrament, my uh, Nepalese chillum. If you wouldn't mind uh, lighting me up, Raf. Yes, please. The lighting of the sacrament is taking place. Jed is inhaling the holy contents. There it is, the spirit. Wonderful, sticky fumage entering no, the lungs. Note the uh, the Corona Safe grip. I don't know if you'd like to indulge, Raph, but it. Uh, I can. I can uh, assure you that it is hygienic. Ooh. Oh, it's sticky. Wow, <laughs> have a whoop of that. Powerful brew. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful, Raph. Oh, maybe I'll just hold back for mm. this one. I think I'll just... Uh... I, I, I noticed the Baywash magazine uh, does have classifieds. One of my favourites that mm. I saw was um, Insider... <laughs> Here we go, feel that. Just, just getting in the moment. Ain't that swell up late state of the culture? Continue, Vaughn. Mm, well, one of my favourite classifieds was um, free set of Encyclopedia Britannica. Not needed anymore. Wife knows everything. Yeah, that was... <laughs> <laughs> well played. Very true. Yeah, what's... A bit of misogynistic sort of uh, behaviour never goes astray, really. Not that I have condoned it in any way, though. It, um, it does allow for a little bit of... Humour in a world where everyone's starting to take themselves a little bit too seriously. And I just also, uh, finally, one really hot topic was the disco dong, the giant phallus that was uh, an artistic ah, expression yeah. built on the roundabout as you enter Byron Bay, torn down after public uproar, and Baywash, you know, the champions of art coming to the rescue and basically the hashtag bring back disco dong fired mm. up by you guys. So well yeah. done there supporting the arts. Yeah, well, that could be the reason for a lot of Byron's, yeah, negative sort of zone lately. Ever since we've lost that, things have really taken a negative 
Mm. Negative downturn. Geez, starting your own viral hashtag. If that doesn't get you a golden cone piece in this day and age, Ooh. I don't know what will, Raph, you are. Yeah, yeah. I'm really pushing it, for friend. it. Like I've, there's an agenda, hidden agenda here. I mm. really want it. Now, Vaughn, Raph, let's, uh, let's get into the state of the culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, first topic uh, for discussion, are surfers going to be the downfall of civilization as we know it? Now, this is following on from a great series by the inventor of the Golden Cone piece himself and a 79 times winner of the award, Nick Carroll. Uh, he's done a great series on COVID-19, which you can read on Coastal Watch and what it means for surfing. And uh, in this story, which I'm about to read from, he interviewed the 52-time to- Silver Beaker award-winning egghead Dr. Carl. And uh, so the question is, can it survive all that sun and salt water, COVID-19? Many of us have been assuming so or acting like we do. Coastal Watch researched this for a while ourselves without much luck at all. Finally, we asked Dr. Carl Kruzelniski, Australia's very own popular scientist, who is across all manner of medical and general scientific research. Carl told us, The straight answer is, we don't know. Option one, the virus is killed quickly by salt water. Option two, the virus loves salt water and will multiply and jump around from host to host. We don't know which is true. We just don't have that information. Maybe sunlight kills it rapidly. Maybe it doesn't. We don't know that yet either. We will know. We will have that information, but we're not there yet. He says the virus is still too young for that kind of research to have been done yet. It's only a few months old. We know bits and pieces. We know that women in late pregnancy do quite well with it, for instance. But how do women in early pregnancy do? We don't know. We don't have a clue. Interesting. Uh, this is uh, just a pretty much a follow-on from much of the speculation about COVID, right? I mean, there's so much information out there about it, but where is that information coming from and what sort of truth? And this, this goes across the board from, uh, you know, how many deaths that we see reported, like those numbers. Are they actually done because of uh, autopsy who's doing those who's mm. doing the counting mm. um, who is doing are, the are counting people dying because what does that man COVID look like or mm. are they dying with covid mm. you know is, is it it seems COVID like it's related? an umbrella though it's if just, you die you go under the category of dying that, as right. a result and, of covid19 and not because of pre-existing mm. perhaps medical conditions you're calling it a conspiracy raff no, no 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 <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think I think so much is unknown, um, and and this is where our reaction to it comes under scrutiny, right? Mm. Uh, particularly as surfers, because we do feel like you know if we're just going from home to the car to the beach, back to the car and home, we feel like we're doing no damage. But if you touch a, a handrail at the beach, if you see someone there, like we we and like you know Dr. Carl's saying, we don't know how it travels or what it, what environment mm. it sort of lives and breathes in. Um, it's just it's just a world of unknowns and uncertainty breeds fear and then the fear breeds reactions like you know ending your drum circle down at Tallow's mm. Beach. Which oh, it's outrageous. Yeah, you know, I mean, that, that how are we fulfilling continu- the cultural needs of this for community? Exactly Jeff. right, Vaughan. I'm glad you said that. How are we meant to live fulfilling and cultured lives when uh, you can't have a humble djembe circle at you know the main it's beach car park at Byron Bay? Mm. 
It's yeah. fascism gone mad. Yeah. I mean, fascism yeah. is mad, but it's gone extra mad on this occasion. It's sickening. There are a lot of things, like, like you were saying, Vaughn, like the handrail scenario, mm-hmm. or whether you're just a carrier, the asymptomatic kind of person who doesn't present any symptoms yet mm. is carrying it around and shredding it to everyone else. Just coughing it up on everyone's sandwiches. You just don't know. <laughs> but I think, I think what, what the point of this is what responsibility do surfers have to stay indoors? And on the, on the, the secondary question to that is like, all right, they've let people, they've opened the golf courses again. They're letting people oh, run. Oh, that's a surprise, isn't it, Vaughn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you would love that. I knew you'd love that, Smitty. But, you know, like what constitutes as a safe exercise or a safe activity? And, you know, I think that if they're going to allow some things and not allow others, uh, particularly things like surfing where you're rarely in close contact with anyone, even shots of a crowded lineup, maybe other than snapper or whatever, you're always a good distance from crew, like mm. pretty good distance. Mm. And you, you, is that the future? Is that the future? We're, we're, we're going to be expected to surf with our tape measures, uh, and while sitting in the lineup, we'll be, you know, kind of measuring well, a, a one point five like... meter radius. And if someone, you know, c- happens to get inside that radius, well, you you s- simply tell them, "Excuse me, sir, can you get outside of my eggshell?" Maybe that is the in my eggshell. Mm. Please, circle uh, of trust, Greg. Vacate. Circle of trust. You're inside right now. I need you out. But uh, yeah, I don't know, mate. I honestly don't know. But I know one thing. Uh, if you have someone who doesn't know surfing go down the beach and take a photo at eye level of snapper rocks, it's going to look like everyone is sitting on top of each other. Mm. It's going to look... Ultimate pressure cooker. It's going to look like everyone out there is dissing everyone, you know? And mm. maybe snapper's a bad example, but most beaches uh, are going to look pretty crowded shot from a weird angle, but then put a drone in the air and look down from the top and there's probably a lot of space between people out there i'm not saying i agree one way or the other but i'm definitely uh it's definitely an interesting question to ask at this time and i guess nick's trying to get to the bottom of it Mm -hmm. i like the way you danced around all that and uh ended up saying nothing absolutely uh (laughs) that's what no quantifiable conclusion that's what the culture hour is all about that's what we're employed for for Mm. vaughn fuck i'm fucking stoned and (laughs) tongue-tied as a bastard love it uh what's your take mate on what? On Nick's story. I mean, are you are you of the belief that we should just lock ourselves in the house for the next three months till the whole uh, the the curve is flattened, mm. or are you more inclined to think that's going to send people crazy? Uh, that's going to create a whole raft of other problems. And should we have be able to just get out there and do what makes us feel good as long as we're sort of respecting that social distance? Ironically, I think being locked indoors right now is probably the least thing likely to send Westerners crazy. Like if uh, we would simply to turn to something like meditation and, and breath work and stuff, we'll probably actually start to uh, realise who we are and what we are and what we've been doing to the joint. And uh, I think it's, you know, it's kind of like being in time out and just have a good hard fucking think about what you've been doing, mate. Mm. You've been pissing and shitting all over this joint. You've been... You know, sticking hot lead down the throats of brown people all over the globe. So uh, I think uh, a little bit of time to sit and reflect is not a bad thing. But at the same time, I also think that, you know, just from a sheer health and well-being perspective, one of the, the best things you can do for any kind of, uh, you know, cold or flu is, is get a bit of sunshine. Mm. You know, just get out there, get some fresh air, get some sunshine. 
Um, so, you know, I understand that they've, they've shut a lot of national parks and stuff too. It's not just beaches. You know, they're, they're literally trying to keep people inside their four walls. Um, and I just don't know if that's a, a great thing for health and well-being, mm. ultimately. I mean, the surfing thing, until we have some conclusive science uh, on whether it survives in salt water or not, and to what degree, realistically, we probably shouldn't be surfing, um, as much as I hate to say it. But, uh, I mean, it is what it is, right? I trust Dr. Carl. He's a 59-time Silver Beaker award-winning mm. egghead um, for good reason. So, far out, man. But at the same time, like, fuck, I'm not going to go... I'm not going to not surf for no cunt, really. <laughs> so... Um, uh, again, Vaughn, I'm swirling around and I'm dancing around. And I'm offering well, the qu- let's get, absolutely let's get to the, let's no just concrete get a, a yes or no answer then from the three of us because the question was, are surfers the vectors of s- disease and the downfall of civilization as we know it? No. No. I'm, I'm giving that a hard no as well yeah. because, you know, if you think back to uh, all your favourite heroes who have uh, touched on surfing in the past, especially uh, the Southern Californians, the Albie Falzons who were heading up the coast, mate, they knew the way. They could see what was going wrong and they knew the way out. And I think that, yeah, look, surfing's been through its, its changes and uh, a lot of people maybe aren't touching base with that spiritual side. That's right. We are. But if they are, if they, they take this opportunity to re-engage with the earth... Mm. Maybe there's a chance. Re-engage we'll with the save earth. the world, Smithy. Not ruin it. Save it, mate. Mm, mm. Well, maybe, uh, Put you know. Put that in your culture pipe and smoke it. Yes, well said. Agreed. Maybe spreading, maybe being the vectors of disease that uh, brings down the economic system and uh, capitalism as we know it. Maybe that will be our uh, great contribution to culture. Um, destroying this backwards, broken fundamentally toxic system so maybe just get out there and fucking spread that disease surface culture be the vectors of disease and uh bring down i mean we don't want to bring down civilization maybe i should maybe it should be changed to um our surfers the question really is our surfers going to be the downfall of late stage capitalism raf Jeez, like in this economic climate and where we're sitting Jeez, Don't use fancy words with me, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> Isn't there such thing? What economic climate? What is it? What do you mean? Hot? We're fucked. <laughs> well said. Yep. There, there is no climate. It's yeah. just a sizzling hot plate of death and destruction. <laughs> Economically, I'm with, telling you. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. No positive great. I love that we started on a, on a cultural high point there, Smivy. Thanks mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, Culture point number two. Culture. Should surfers stay home? That's what Pam Burridge, the 1990 world champ, and quite a few other people want, it appears. Uh, This is according to an Instagram post by Pam. I believe this is taken... uh, Here's a photo, right? You can go check this at uh, 100 Pambo. Uh, That's 100 Pambo. Swelling queen. Um, And she has a... Photo of a blackboard and written on that blackboard, I believe this is at, uh, looks like Bendalong or some other beach break on the south coast of New South Wales there. The local community respectfully asks that if you don't live here, don't risk lives. Please, 
go home, stay home. We do not have resources for visitors and you may unwittingly bring COVID-19. Our emergency service workers need you to stay home. Fines apply for non-essential something or other. I can't see the photos cut off. So this is um, a follow-on. This, is, this isn't stay in your home. This is don't come to our turf. Ultimate localism. Yeah. Mm. And this is, this is the dangerous tightrope we're walking here. And because there's why. a new world order forming. Mm. And uh, there's a new breed of localism that's just in a Petri dish, but it is bubbling and growing quickly. Mm. We're talking about this last episode, but great metaphor. Are you are you suggesting, Vaughn, here on the state of culture, that Pam Burridge and the like are you know one step off uh, joining Jair Bolsonaro, Adolf Hitler, and uh, <laughs> definitely not Mussolini? Any of that? The great fascists uh, or the you know, no, infamous I, I think, fascists of the twentieth century? I think Pam is coming at it purely from uh, the perspective of caring for her local community. But I think there's... Uh, and their wave count? Well, I think there's another uh, sort of cluster, if you want. Seems to be a hot word. Uh, out there that is hot for just keeping their spot empty. And, and they're, they're sort of doing this under the cover of COVID, using every opportunity to basically empty their lineups and police it like the good old mm, days. I want to throw the raff on that. Uh, You're a hardcore local. I've seen you at the past sending in chicks in bikinis and four-year-old kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my that's my zone. It's um, it's a tough one. It's going to be so interesting to see as this whole thing progresses. Where is it going to lead people? Where it's like, okay, so now every they're trying to send everyone home back to their initial countries of origin. I know that's happening a lot in in Australia. And then that's... There's, where, where's it going to end, though? What's the end point? So in a short period, like, are people just going to be going, okay, you can only surf your postcode. Mm. Where is it going to be? And then that ultimate localism kicks off and then mm. it breeds that kind of hate and that thing that kind of... Is not pretty. No, we've been trying to get rid of that in surfing for a long time. Mm. And once the COVID-19 pandemic begins to die down, if indeed it does die down, are we going to be left with, uh, you know, certain backwaters, surfing backwaters where they're still paranoid as fuck and won't let you surf there, you know? 100%. (laughs) I I know that there are core locals licking their lips at, you know, the world post COVID because we we don't know what, when it's coming or what it's going to look like, but getting back into those zones is going to be tricky. I mean, Mm. we spoke to Buddha about it, um, talking about, you know, entire generations of Balinese surfers don't know what it's like to have a home break because they've been sharing it with tourists since before they were born. Mm. What are they going to do once once they taste their waves without a thousand other people jockeying on the shoulder? Because it's not like they don't get their fair share, like they are ripping out there. But what is Penang going to look like without 300 blow-ins fading down and throwing chandeliers on the thing? Mm. Mm. It's a good question. <laughs> Think about it. Uh, we also have in Costa Rica, shots fired uh, at a surfer homeboy. Uh, what is his name? Nomar. No, Mark McGonigal. McGonigal. <laughs> he rips. 
indeed, a uh, Costa Rican pro. Um, and he was taken into custody a couple of days ago by the police. And we've just heard uh, that, in fact, uh, Kulangata is facing a shutdown for an indefinite period of time, which uh, we're still yet to confirm whether that includes both Snapper and D-Bar. But, uh, is that a shutdown of no one surfing? I believe seems, so. Seems it, like it. It is that way. Although we, we haven't had really clear idea of whether the locals are getting brushed. They, they did say um, they did say a message, just, didn't they? The, yeah, the, the Mayor Tate, said, he was blaming uh, away, out, of, out of towners. It was all about <laughs> out of towners and uh, people from Brisbane. He's starting to sound um, a little like... I don't know what, like Nat Young circa 1982 or, uh, you know, some of the kind of, Mayor Tate is starting to sound like, um, you know, kind of that point break era, uh, you know, b- go back to the Valley kook. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that kind of rhetoric. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, we've already charted this territory. It's almost a case of history repeating. I mean, we all remember the uh, cautionary tale Vaughn, uh, Surf Nazis Must Die, mm-hmm. um, the, you know, cinematic epic. Um, and it's unfortunate that it seems uh, as though the surf Nazis are on the rise yet again. And this provincialism, Vaughn, mm. provincialism, this, uh, you know, us versus them, this kind of rhetoric, uh, Mayor Tate signalling out out of towners, people from inland, people from Brisbane. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know, is there any difference between Mayor Tate, Pam Burridge and uh, Adolf Hitler? I, <laughs> I, I think... Philosophically speaking, I mean, mm. I mean, I, I know what you're saying there. Like, you, if you break the arguments down to this, their basic message, it's it's there's a similar message. I, I think tying Hitler in is a little, little extreme, a little extreme. But um, I do feel that uh, we're we're heading into dangerous turf here. And, and I'm I'm I've said it last episode, and I'll say it again: be very watchful of what powers are being introduced under the cover of the public's best interest because unchecked government decisions in times like this can lead to uh, very damaging long-term results if they're not pulled into line and and Did you touch regulated. on the forestries one that's taking place? Oh, man, the forestry ones, the yeah. mining ones, the fracking is mm, back on the table. Santos, back, yeah. it's, ripping back in. It's wild it's how quickly they were just... Ready to rebuild mm. Australia. The wolf come in, flying the hero flags. We've got jobs for everyone. And the one thing that all of us are sort of really hoping we can reset coming out of this, you know, period of complete and utter fucking respite for the planet because everyone's inside. The burning of fossil fuels must be at an all-time low other than, mm. you know, the mm. energy factories. But... Birds uh, are chirping in, in man, China, apparently. That's what I mean. Skies are blue. You can even see, uh, you know, bong smoke would, coming out of windows. You would now. think that we would come out of this going, we have an opportunity here because the government always pulls the same shit out. All governments all around the world who are attached to big industry, it's too big an, uh, it's too big an ask to change the way that we're doing things. It'll take hundreds of years and it has changed overnight. Totally. So that's a good point. What are they going to do? Are they going to put the foot to the floor? And really open it up and, and just open up this V eight and just like, slam it into chance. the abyss. The Earth might just split in half. Ba, 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 ba. Two months after COVID's over and everyone's relaxed, drills just going straight for the center of the Earth. We all explode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's all foreseeable. It. I do like that you uh, mentioned keeping an eye on the 
uh, unchecked lawmaking of the the state. Mm. Um, but I mean, my question is, how exactly do you check that? Like, uh, how do you <laughs> stop that? Because coronavirus or not, we haven't had much luck. They just ram that shit down your throat, don't they? Mm. You don't get a fucking choice in this world, mate. No choice. It does come. I mean, down how to do that. you stop it? What do you do? Yeah. It comes down to that ultimate control thing, doesn't it? So is this just the first precursor to more things to come when you go, okay, sweet, we can shut down Australia in three days now mm. if we need to. And everyone's familiar with it. Everyone knows to go and buy toilet paper because that's the first thing <laughs> that's going to run out. So, yeah, what's the go? So this seems like it's just a setup. This is phase one for ultimate control mm. and bringing everyone into line. The lizard people. Yeah, reptilian shapeshifters come, coming in hot. Phase one. <laughs> you heard it here first on Up Late, the state of the culture. Culture, 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 culture. The Act of God Clause. Uh, now, this is an article from Stab Magazine uh, about... A lot of the world's best surfers getting the axe uh, prematurely or, you know, getting their payments put on hold uh, due to an act of God. Now, an act of God, it's, uh, it's not really the kind of legal jargon uh, you expect to come out of a uh, contract. You an know, airtight a- black and white piece of legal document. That cannot be fucked with. Is this something that uh, you know the agent or the uh, I guess the the team manager, whoever it is that's representing the brand, goes? Uh, you know, blah blah blah. blah the act of God uh, under the act of God clause, we're gonna have to tear up your contract. And you know, you, you look at your contract and you go, I don't see that there. And then he whips out a magnifying glass and holds it to the light and goes, No, no, see, see that hologram under the ultraviolet there? light. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you see? It clearly says uh, the act of God clause uh, on a diagonal vertice. Mm. Um, I mean, would you like to hear from the story? Let's hear a bit from the story. Written by uh, Sam McIntosh's story. Uh, okay, great. Yes, interesting. Well played, Sam. You've made the Ain't That Swell Up Late state of culture. Most surfers over the last month have had to Google the term force majeure. Majeure? Majeure. 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 Uh, the term force majeure, what's historically been considered a granular stipulation within most sponsorship contracts or vis majeure, vis majeure, vis majeure, vis majeure, and commonly referred to as an act of God clause. The Act of God Clause leaves room for companies to cancel, renegotiate, and most commonly, void contracts if they are faced with, quote, unforeseeable circumstances that prevent someone from fulfilling a contract. So let's just uh, go over that again. The Act of Clause leaves room for companies to cancel, renegotiate, and most commonly, void contracts if they are faced with unforeseeable circumstances that prevent someone from fulfilling a contract the, cir- the circumstances we're facing currently and the subsequent slashes in surfers contracts certainly fall under the unforeseeable category we've never this is a quote we've never known what this act of god looks like says an industry indus- insider who spoke on the condition of anonymity 
you start throwing words around like pandemic and that contract is pretty much null and void. The pro surfer contracts aren't worth the paper they're printed on. Wow. Um, I've never seen more of a Wild West environment when it comes to what contracts mean. Dave Tanner, CEO of Board Riders, told Shop Eat Surf in an interview. Is there a website called Shop Eat Surf? Uh, it would appear so. Mm. Mm. Sounds cutting edge. Significant Is moves. Have you been on there? Sorry. Sorry, that just caught me off guard. Is that like Eat, Love, Pray, but Shop, Eat, Surf? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Sounds very corporate reptilian <laughs> sass. Mm, mm. <laughs> I'm going to check that out. Significant moves have happened quickly to stem the bleed. According to sources, Hurley's entire roster of surfers, or what's left after January house cleaning, <laughs> will forego their salaries for the next 90 days. And, of course, you know, we know what happened to Brett Simpson. He's uh, up there and he's... Uh, Fishnet stockings and stilettos stomping the golden mile of his local red light district. So it's not out, not easy out there for Hurley's uh, roster at the mm. moment. Uh, most contracted surfers from Billabong to Rip Curl to Ruka have had the call. For now, they need to accept a 50% drop in salary, often in line with the executives in the business, until the dust settles and a more clear picture emerges. Surfers like Philippe Toledo, who recently inked long-term deals five years uh, in his case, will find themselves back at, nego- at the negotiating table if they're lucky and if they aren't silly enough to take the matter to court. The act of God clause. Hmm. Well, one thing I think is kind of interesting about the act of God clause is that if you think of acts of God, uh, you think of miracles, right? But this mm. is an act of and God no. in, in, the tr- in the tradition of the First Testament where it's mm. pestilence and swarms of... Locusts mm. and fucking just absolute destruction. Swarms of locusts, Basically plagues of lawyers. Wipe out the human race as hard as he and quickly as he can because he knew we were just going to be a fucking blight on this planet from the mm. second. Yeah, he finished on day seven or whatever. What, has, have you read the book? Fuck no. <laughs> kidding me? I've read the new the New Testament, but yeah, have you? Yeah, yeah, I read it. Wow. In Mexico, I had a fin chop in my foot. I couldn't move, and uh, it was the only book in the table next to me. Mm. Yeah, it was. It was good read. Mm, mm, I didn't mm. mind it, but um, <laughs> mm. the uh, yeah, just the, this is like the God from the First Testament. This is the God that someone, I guess, maybe lawyers knew that if God was going to come down, it was going to be fucking hellfire and fury. Mm. And the first thing he was going to act upon was uh, pro surfers contracts. Yeah, so uh, good, good little, good little note there from the uh, the lawmakers. To include that on the contracts, but mm. yeah, I mean, far ahead. no one could have predicted just how. But is that what God would want? Is that what like God would create a virus? Would he, mm, is would, that His is, intention? Then that's what I'm saying. Mm. Does He want well, Philippe Toledo, to First to... Testament God, hated people oh, yeah. straight up. <laughs> Bit just, of a shit can't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if like this is my understanding of the First Testament, right. having, having not re- read a word of it and being somewhat of a. You know, and so the New Testament was like the, the kind of PG version of the well, the, the New Old Testament, Testament was uh, the Jesus book, mm. and the First Testament is most of is the books are creation, about Jesus, creation, and mm. and uh, you know uh, how the human race came to be. Yeah, well, it's true. Creation is a gory business. Mm. So, I mean, as four cis white males sitting at a table here, it's something where definitely 
well-versed to talk about Vaughn. Mm. Uh, but you cre- I'm, I'm definitely swimming in turf. I'm in murky waters here, mate. But mm. I just Don't know. I, I know that that... I'll rent you out of there. I, I did watch uh, I did watch Ben-Hur when I was a grommet and the, the, the Ten Commandments. You know, that that's the first testament God. I like what Raf said there, though. You know, uh, if this were an act of God, uh, is this what he would want? You know, would he want Philippe Toledo, um, you know, to go from one of the best surfers in the world straight back to uh, manning an acai berry stand at the beach in Sakurima. Um, You know, I, I don't think so. I think he would want Philippe to continue on uh, his path and, uh, you know, continue bringing joy to the world, as it were. Um, I just, I can't see it. I don't know. I, I believe, though, there is, I mean, let's talk about God. <laughs> this being uh, the state of culture. Culture episode god uh our definition of him as a uh as a vengeful you know often masculine character Mm. um you know my view the only god we really know exists mark richards um well apart from mark Mm. the son of used car salesman merriweather um i mean was he immaculately conceived as far as i know yes interesting I didn't know he that. He just appeared in a rock pool at the south end of Merriweather one day. <laughs> Raised by seagulls? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, of course, mate. <laughs> the gannets at Dixon Park flew down there and would like regurgitate worms into his mouth while he just flitted around in the, in the rock pool. <laughs> just chippies from down at the uh, surf club. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, God... Uh, in my view, the only God we know exists, that we can say for certain exists, is uh, the planet, Mother Nature. Mm. Yeah, um, I'm with you on that. So in that sense, I do very much believe that this could be an act of God. And thus, uh, the legal eagles and parasitic bourgeois were uh, correct in enacting the act of God clause and, and tearing up the contracts of the world's best surfers, mm. Raf. Yeah, it's a tough one because, yeah, like it's not an act of God. It's perhaps a virus that's just created itself and it's not going... Created itself. Well, it's natural. So I guess if that falls under God and you do follow the creation sort of method, then yeah, it does. But also, like, what it really boils down to is just money. It's all about money. And so when no one's making money, then everyone has to just take big cuts, big everything, and we, the society and the surfers who are getting paid to do what they do, they, like, they cop the brunt of it all. So it's not, it's not really a fair thing to say that it's their fault that they shouldn't be getting punished in such a way. Mm, mm. I think it's just an act of pangolin, mm. that weird creature that someone ate. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. I'm blaming pangolin. Yeah, is is that in the contract? Uh, an act of pangolin? I'll just get my magnifying glass. One, but, yeah, most of them. Mm, okay. Okay. That's okay, good, good to confirm that. Good. Pangolin. Yeah. Is there a pangolin clause in most contracts? I reckon there might be. I know that uh, Jack Robbo's one that definitely had it because he was he was onto that pangolin threat mm. even as a young mm, man. Mm. Mm. Yeah, he was raised on pangolin, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, a delicacy in uh, certain regions of Southwest Australia, along with. Uh, yeah, best enjoyed with a Pinot Grigio uh, <laughs> from one of the uh, local from vineyards. Damon Easto's vineyard. Mm, correct. Mm. 
You're on eight. That's well up late. State of culture. 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 State of culture. Blair Marlin, the surfing super agent to the likes of Dane Reynolds and the late great Andy Irons, gets coronavirus. Another. Article courtesy of Stab Magazine and the editor-in-chief, Ashton Goggins. Um, So here's Blair's breakdown of what the virus actually feels like. Uh, I had been feeling a tight chest for over a week, but felt great otherwise. My son's grandma and I had been working out on cardio machines next to each other prior to getting sick, and I figured eventually one of us was going to get it from the grocery store or something. Fast forward to four nights ago. From, I had, from the pangolin section in the meat. In the erotic grocer. I mean, <laughs> exotic grocer. Exotic grocer. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm just milking that joke for all it's worth. No, it's, uh, it's totally fine with me, Vaughn. Thanks. Fast forward to four nights ago. I'd just eaten dinner and started to feel some crazy aches in my body. Aches that went deep to the bone. All through my legs, hips, butt and back. Felt like I had run a marathon and I couldn't figure out what I could be sore from. Along with that came a super mild cold. I went to bed early thinking that some good sleep would make things better. Well, it didn't. And the following day, I woke up feeling the same symptoms. By midday, my son's grandma called me to let let me know her results finally came in and they were positive and told me that someone from the county would be contacting me based on being in close contact. My son's mother results. My son's mother's results came back the following day with the same outcome, positive. So now I'm four days into this really strange but mild feeling sickness. And fortunately, a fever and cough haven't shown up yet. Now my son's grandpa is sick to complete our entire quarantine circle. He does have a cough, and because he's had some prior lung issues, we're all keeping a close eye on his condition. I'm not trying to paint a horror story here. <clears throat> because I, because everyone who has been sick in my camp or is sick now is doing okay at the moment. And for me personally, I can say with those symptoms mentioned, I'm feeling like this is probably a three for me on a scale of one to ten of being sick. Uh, I consider myself very lucky of, as of now with multiple people being helied to larger hospitals daily from where I am and all of the other tragic cases that are continuing to rise across the globe. Pretty wild that... Uh, Someone of his ilk, you know, a manager to several of the all-time greatest surfers uh, has been struck down by this act of God. That Uh, is the first human being that I know, personally know, who has contracted uh, coronavirus. And uh, that's interesting because I was wondering when that was going to come. I wasn't sure uh, who it was be, but I'm glad he's he's all right and I'm glad his family's doing well and... It's interesting to oh, hear. Sounds like they're doing great, Vaughn. Well, you know, better than what could be. He just said it himself. He's not being flown uh, to hospital or anything mm-hmm. like that. So uh, that's good to hear. And, um, I'm, yeah, good luck to you and your family there, Blair. And, uh, yeah, I, I, it's interesting just to hear someone that you know speak about it mm. instead of getting secondhand information through the media because mm-hmm. I, I, I haven't heard really too many firsthand accounts at all. Even uh, what? how deep into this thing are we now? Did it turn up in November last year? Was that sort of the first sign of it? So, yeah, it's interesting to hear uh, Blair talk about that. And interesting too that America, you know, this uh, the crowning glory of capitalism, the uh, 
the great, uh, you know, creation of materialism and consumerism that it's absolutely, uh, it's turned into some kind of third world refugee camp. Uh, the virus is just spreading like wildfire. Uh, New York City, I think, is home to one of the, the biggest outbreaks on the planet. Mm. Uh, this little town that Blair uh, went to, he, he deliberately uh, left where he lived, I think, um, somewhere in California uh, on the coast there and went to this skiing village, a small skiing village um, to be where his son lives and uh, thinking, you know, it's it's an isolated place. It turns out it's one of the top four hotspots for the coronavirus in America. Mm which is pretty terrifying uh, when you think about it. You know, that even strange little nooks in that country can be so infected. Um, I mean, they're battling. They're battling. Thoughts on, uh, on Babylon uh, being on fire, as it were, Raf? Yeah, cesspool. Well, America's going to be in such a, a critical zone soon with their healthcare system being private mostly mm. and then not having the infrastructure and then... Perhaps their leadership isn't exactly, let's say, the most... You'd have to say it is a slightly second rate. Mm. Yeah. So they're looking at a really critical period too. They've also got a lot of uh, armament, personally. Everyone's got a gun, more Mm. or less. Mm. So what I think America's got coming ahead of it is a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of guns. There's a lot of sick people. There's a lot of unfortunate people. And so they're going to be going really, really doing it tough in the, uh, in the next couple of months. Fortunately, in their favour, they're in the Northern Hemisphere, so they're going into summer or spring, which is good. That's a positive. That is a positive. Also, uh, they're home, I believe, to more billionaires than any country on earth. So, you know, uh, conceivably, they can easily find their way out of this situation. Uh, if Should people wanted to share their wealth. Mm-mm. Mm. Uh, they don't have a great track record of doing so. No, well, what, what's that? What's that stat? It's like one percent of the world owns ninety-nine percent of the money, mm. or whatever that one is. It's like they're not going to. No one's ready to share. But how and crazy! So it, this is going to prove once and for all the toxicity of the of the regime that we're living under. We're going to watch. We could potentially watch here death and destruction on a grand scale in a country where people have more than enough resources to make that not the case. And, uh, you know, it, I feel like it's been... Uh, Americans have lived through unnecessary hardship and poverty and uh, gang violence for since its inception, slavery, for no good reason. So I guess this is just going to, once again, really demonstrate our true colours or their true colours. Red, white and blue, baby. Yeah, it's gonna and it'll, it's gonna push the disparity between those who are well off and those who aren't even further, mm. and it's gonna do that in Australia. It's gonna do that all around the world. So that's gonna be a huge factor. That you well, if you look at empires in anywhere in history, it doesn't end well for the people up the top of the tree. No, it, no, no. it ends with rolling heads, uh, literally. So yeah, I just hope that you know uh, everyone who. Listen to this podcast if you're in uh, the US of A, you know, fuck. When you're out there getting that toilet paper, mate, sure you yeah. get a MR15 and a hope, yeah. flak jacket you, just, and a gaff. Yeah, scary times, but, mm. you know, hopefully it just uh, it, it fizzles out and, and the best case scenarios unfold because, yeah, it's scary. Ain't that swell up late? 
State of the culture. My spirit animal, Cole Christensen, uh, nearly carks it at Giant Pipeline. Now, uh, the avocado farming original Sid Freak Tube Pig Underground Hellman was forced to pay the piper, as most people do at Pipeline, and uh, I'm fucking bummed, man. I love Cole. I once uh, saw Steel Pulse of him in Honolulu mm. and uh, did a bit of yoga at his avocado farm over there at Wailua. Mm. Um, and also, you know, just a guy who's packed some of the most mortal cones of or cones of mortal coincidence um, in history. I mean, the one at Cloudbreak uh, comes to mind. That I mean, look, because you know he's been injured. I'm going to call it a mate because it's pretty much a mate. Come on, he falls out the <laughs> the end of it, doesn't he? Fuck. I mean, oh, it's, it's, oh, it's not a mate, but um, you know, really sad. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's expected to make a full recovery despite a fractured skull uh, and losing consciousness in the lineup on. Like one of those days at Pipeline, like the, 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 you know, 10 to 15 to 20 foot days, the second reef roll in days that are just bravado at its most gladi- gladiatorial. Just, it's mad. That shit is so mad. Um, and yeah, you got done and far out, man. Just seeing the North Shore lifeguards spring into action. Fuck, they're good, aren't they? Oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable, man. The whole setup there as a surf fan, is, is cartoonish. It's, mm. it's, it almost doesn't seem real. You almost can't believe that you're watching human beings put themselves through this. Um, and you got, you know, and, and the Hawaiians, when it's like that, they're in a league of their own. Cole Rothman, Jamie O'Brien, um, you know, and a bunch of just unsponsored lunatics, mm. man. You go, go watch the a clip. A lot of Japanese guys out there. Yeah, seriously. It hard Some to, psycho weightless frontside drops under the, the under the hook of like mm. like just some of the heaviest pipe waves you can see. You can, you can watch the clip uh, over at Stab. It's called Watch the Day That Nearly Killed Cole Christensen. And can I just tell you, Smitty? Mm. I, I, last week I watched Nathan Florence rinse his cornhole platinum. It, it was <laughs> that shiny by the time he came out of those pits in Namibia. Uh, I watched the Imogen Coldwell clip by uh, Morgan Masson. I watched uh, the perfect empty Malibu thing where the guy was like, you know, on his sup, just hooting up and down and getting chased by the Coast Guard. Comical. Mm. Hilarious. Uh, watched the, the barrel footage with Mason where he's taking you through the tube. Watched the All In Kanoa and Steph series on Red Bull TV. That was insane. That was actually fucking amazing. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I watched Mick Week, a lot of those videos, the Fanning Week that Rip Curl were putting out. The Tanner Gudang movies where he was watching videos and tapping in with stars of the movies or directors. That was incredible. John John Florence in the wave pool. Macy Callahan's clip ripping the bag out of it, her journey. The stab electric board test with Noah Dean just going absolutely ham on, you know, the Jonesy twin was, that was sick. He was ripping on that thing. Fairy boys, all those grommets just getting together in a big cluster and dropping like a really fun, you know, uh, Good spirited film, uh, just a lot of uh, coll- collaboration and mm. good energy there with uh, those fellas. Dion and uh, Brendan Gibbons, art versus surfing clip. Ali Oddy's short film, the uh, the Frenchman who uh, nearly lost his hand on a, in a foiling accident. And then uh, Craig Anderson and the Stab Innocence, that was sick. Julian Ajabe, which we'll talk about. The Lost Archives, which they've been bringing out. Why not the Griff 
Uh, Griffin Colapinto, Seth Moniz, and Ethan Ewing clip. Griffin, one turn. I don't know if it's a Pupakea or Rocky Point or where it is, but he just banks it that hard. Pretty much the Finns must have just been hanging on by a thread. Massive hack. Loved it. Uh, yeah, And then I watched a million fucking surfers singing directly into their iPhone cameras. Uh, really questionable uh, performances on there. But... The point of all of that watching was that that eight minutes of pipe footage, pretty much unedited, just watching heaving swells breaking on that reef over the period of what? Probably eight or nine hours. That's fucking one of the best clips out of everything I watched. I was just fully fucking in there. And I've been lucky enough to sit on the beach of pipe a lot in my life and watch really epic days. And that, sitting at home, watching that surf, was fucking terrifying. Mm. It looked as scary as fuck. And, man, like, you know, when you absorb that much surfing and you get break it right down to, like, what means something to you, you can pick something out of all of those clips because they're all fucking pretty damn good. But eight minutes of just unedited fucking pipe, mate. It's just... On a day like that. It is just... That's... That's as good as it gets. Mm, it's the pinnacle of surfing, really. I mean, so few people have the uh, the cojones and the technical ability to, just, to surf on days like that. And then, and you, even the best, the best nearly die. You see Jamie O'Brien out there, and he is on, he's on it like a Lopez spray, town and country, maybe. He's just so so cool out there, isn't he? But it makes my brain go back to Tom Carroll and the surf, and he does it at Pipeline, a big pipe. You know, just under the lip snaps. Free falling under the lip and actually attacking the bottom turn. Like fully fucking digging that Pat Rawson in and just putting the tail like right on it. It must have been flexing in half nearly. And just that nuggety little frame, mate. Just oh, just in this fucking pocket. Jeez, it just it just like it makes you just worship the pipe. It makes you mm. worship it. Mm-mm. We all know what that's like. Man, couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, Raph, any insights into the Pipolina? Um, if I could just quote Bodie from Point Break, if you want the ultimate, you've got to be willing to pay the ultimate price. It's not tragic to die doing what you love. Ain't that swell up late? This is State of Culture. Welcome back to Ain't That Swell Up Late, State of the Culture. 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 So we're going to rip right into culture questions, uh, the culture club we're calling this. <laughs> I'm going to rip right into a chillin'. So welcome to the culture club where Swellians, uh, enlightened Swellians, share their questions in an attempt to get clarity and understanding in these uncertain times. Let's start with uh, Taxi. And Taxi says, and I want to direct this one to you, Raf, as a, a, a big conspiracy theorist on uh, the 5G rollout. Uh, while all this drama is happening worldwide, our government is going ahead with the rollout of these microwaves so powerful they can fry us. 
Now, I know you lads are smart cunts, so let's bring it out so more people know what's happening here. What's your understanding of the 5G? Because Taj Burrow posted a no 5G on his Instagram the other day. picked a side. Jack Robinson was quick to applaud this. Mm. and uh, 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 With uh, the applaud emoticon, can uh, you confirm? uh, I think there was an applaud emoticon used. Um, And then uh, all sorts of... Uh, discussion broke out on TB's Instagram and I didn't see too many posts that weren't, you know, an active conversation following uh, that post. So there is conjecture here and there is conspiracy theories. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw a video the other other day where uh, scientists were saying that this is, COVID is 100% just a 5G cover-up and that this uh, microwave technology actually creates poisoning in the cells, which releases a toxin, which then penetrates the lungs. Mm. And uh, what was this uh, scientist's credentials worn? Oh, look, mate, I, I, when you go down wormholes... He, he, was wearing like a lab, he was wearing a lab coat and he was on YouTube and that was yeah, about it. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, he was convincing in, in, his, uh, in his delivery, mm. but I lost interest, I have to admit. I, I kind of <laughs> thought, this cunt's a fruitcake, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. But um, do you have a theory on this, being, uh, you know... Mm. Uh, a professor yeah. in reptilian... Yeah, underlord sort of mm. behaviours. It's got to be something to do with... Okay, so every time they release another G, they go up a level, mm. they add a slightly smaller frequency. So the, the wavelength gets smaller, right? So maybe it is, maybe that's it, but it seems awfully convenient that this has all come to a head at the, this point. And then there's also the thing too, like, okay, so just not that long ago, everyone in Hong Kong was protesting. Hong Kong, Hong Kong protests, China was really off that. They couldn't stop it. And they were like, everyone was wearing face masks. And then all of a sudden, the sort of COVID-19 thing comes out and everyone scrambles and everyone's at home. Mm. So is this intertwined with everyone not being allowed to protest towards like the drilling down in the bite? So now we can't protest anything. We can't get in mass groups. It's us against the government. I like the way you interwove and are connected to seemingly random events. Uh, that's Yeah, that's pretty... With only standard. a tenuous correlation. <laughs> <laughs> that's conspiracy theories at their most... 101. Yeah. <laughs> Conspiratorial. Culture. Well played. Got a question there, Smithy? Uh, I've got a question here from uh, Brendan Howard, And uh, we can reveal a bit about Brendan Howard. He's uh, packing a huge right cone uh, at maybe Nias um, and he's hanging out uh, looking like uh, some kind of Latin American uh, pop icon uh, at the uh, poor man's Latin American pop icon uh, home, which is, I think, Potato Head in Bali. Um, Beautiful establishment. Oh, no complaints. Any time I get to feel like a Latin American pop culture icon is a good day. Mm. His question is, is COVID-19 robbing Australian surf fans of a breakout year for Australia's, quote, next generation talent? Mm. Every clip of Jack Freestone or Ethan Ewing was raising the bar, let alone what the shaman yaman Jack Robinson would have done at certain events during the year up 
the fucking Swellians. Mm. Thank you, Brendan, for your contribution to State so of the Culture. So is Brendan taking what Raf just said to an even higher level and that this could be some sort of conspiracy by either the American surfers or the Brazilian surfers mm. to somehow bring to a grinding halt the long-awaited wave, the comeback wave this of is Australian our surfing. Time. Mm. Mm. And I don't mm. want to point this out, but... Uh, the word gold is in Sophie Goldschmidt's mm. name. Yeah. Make of that what you will. Okay. Culture. 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 Here's one from James Pollard. Uh, this is going to be a tricky one to answer, but do you reckon that the goat enjoys a pre-surf piss in his weddy? Uh, if so, do you reckon his missus takes him, makes him give it a scrub in the bath? I'm assuming he's talking about the wetsuit. Post surf. Was that where he puts his wetsuit on? And uh, is he some kind of freak who puts his wetsuit on and pisses in it and just soaks in it? Maybe that's where he gets his anti-aging secret, Vaughn. Do you recall during the Jack Robinson episode, ATS Live at Manly, Laura Enova said that Jack Robbo does not wee in his wetsuit at all. Full stop. Holds it. Entire surfs. Comes in. Pisses on the beach, paddles back out. And apparently, no. he's, you know, we know he's a Tombstones aficionado and apparently when he comes in, his stream goes from Tombstones <laughs> all the way to the Red Bluff campsite. I find that very, very hard to believe. Jack, I'd like to hear what you say about this. We're speculating on the goat's urination policy pre and post-surf, but I think we oh. safely can say that Jack Robbo does not. Mm. Urinate in and uh, the I was under the impression that the goat, uh, being the eleven-time world champion, uh, actually urinates perps, as in Just his stri- uh, purple mm. energy drink. That's, that's um, why he stopped wearing the white weddies, right? Correct. And uh, he's in fact, uh, I mean, that's where the range comes from. He uh, just simply milks himself. Mm. Interesting. Wow. Okay. What about this one from uh, Tom Forge? Uh, this is a good one for you, Smithy. Uh, having interviewed many, many surfers in your, uh, you know, many Long and illustrious career. Long Vaughan. Thanks for saying that. Career uh, took the uh, words right out of your mouth. Twenty-five years in the surf journal game. Another t- probably ten or fifteen before that, studying surf movies and surf magazines, and surfers in general. Tom Forge. He says, "What percentage of surfers are a?" Oh, sorry. Okay, sorry. I've fucking butchered that. No, it's okay. Carry on. What percentage of A, CT surfers and B, QS surfers are fuckwits? Got a a figure on that from your years of uh, being in the game? I'll say this. Uh, Hard to put a percentage on that, but um, I I find most professional surfers to be pretty fine. Um, on land, it's just getting them in the water can be um, somewhat of a torturous exercise. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I don't have too many complaints. By and large, um, a lot of the pro surfers I've dealt with have been pretty good. Um, you know, there's a handful of, you know, I guess the guys have been frothed on since day one uh, tend to be, you know, a little bit uh, dismissive of. Humanity in general. Mm. Um, misanthropic, I think, might be the word I'm looking for. But uh, the QS guys especially, I reckon they're a treat most of the time. Mm. You know, they're, they're grinders. They're anonymous uh, battlers uh, on little money, sacrificing um, their future 
a lot of the time to chase uh, a dream that usually uh, ends up in a uh, you know at best uh, you know year ending thirty third ranking on the world tour. Um, I mean, what a what a what an awful you know you spend your life grinding. What do they you tell themselves? They make it. I mean, I guess at do they the end tell of the themselves? Day, oh, do they really think Vaughn? That uh, you know, take a, a Dion Atkinson or a Glenn Micro Hall. No disrespect uh, to these surfers, a, a Ricky Baznet. Um, you know, I guess even a Ricardo Christie. All great surfers in their own right, but uh, the proof is in the pudding, and uh, none of them came within uh, a uh, extendable baton of a world title. Mm. Yeah, I think it must be a, a, a pretty humbling experience to get to that level and just get schooled up time after time but then you know those guys are probably enjoying it more mm. they're, they're not really i mean i saw the story that you did with luke munro and uh, nathan hedge about sort of you know being on tour and how you know even a glory run can come to a sudden halt well, we've seen that with matt wilco um you know number one in the world two years running uh spent time in that gold jersey and then third year off tour and you know kind of looks like he's struggling to find a way to even win a QS heat at the moment. More likely because of the, you know, trying to find, like, why am I doing this? That Answer that question within himself. Not through the lack of uh, surfing ability. But, yeah, I don't know. I reckon there's guys who get on there and just love the fact that they, they got 80 grand to surf with alongside the best surfers in the mm, world for a year. That's a good point. And uh, there's the other guys who... get to hang out with the higher seeds in their heats. Yeah, so... you'd surf in heats against the best in the world, like if you're down the bottom end of the ratings. Mm. Ricky Basnett probably did more heats against Andy and Kelly than half those mid-range guys ever did. Mm. So, um, I don't know, maybe he's got better stories to tell. Mm. But, yeah, mm. I, I think uh, in my experience, fuckwits are hard to find uh, on tour. Uh, I find, like, QS guys are always good for a laugh. They're all there's a. That's the one thing million. about being on the WQS, you got to have a good sense of yeah, humor, no don't doubt. You? And um, yeah, most of the CT guys, yeah, they're they're caught up in their own world a lot of the time around the uh, the comps and stuff, so you, you won't get much out of them. But uh, you know, hanging out with them uh, on any other occasion is just like hanging out with anyone. Uh, if if you have good chemistry with someone, you'll have a good time. If you don't, you kind of just ignore them, and you don't really they don't really get the chance to be a fuckwit. If if you just don't get on with people, you just move on mm. Mm. is there a, like a relationship between like how well you're perceived within the surfing community and your lack of fuck witticism mm. so like and if you are a fuckwit at your home break kind of thing like because there's a heap of fuckwits at your home break but once you get to that elite level does that sort of uh sort of taper does, taper does it away the curve mm. of wittery yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think as your skill acquisition sort of increases, you're like, yeah, you fuck witticism sort of, and do you, you know do, you can do it. Do you think that like the fuck wittery of, of the young guy coming out of the junior series, getting onto the tour, uh, you know, for his, getting a couple of big sponsors and then paddling around his home break like his shit doesn't stink. Sticky real is estate. That, is, really, is that still um, a thing? Does mm. that still happen? Because you couldn't get away with that when you were grown, but plenty of, Plenty of surfers from my era did have that little bit of um, stinky nose swagger when they paddled out with you. Uh, Chris Davo, he was a perfect example. He would paddle out and just look around the lineup like everyone was just a fucking bag of shit. 
and that he was going to fucking destroy them mm. with the front side laceration, and he was right. Mm. Uh, but but uh, look at how it all ended up for Davo. Um, I mean, if you're going to go into the world with that kind of attitude, that uh, I believe the Tibetan Buddhists call it uh, dualism. But uh, I mean, but Davo on on his day was the funnest and most charismatic human on tour. And an amazing surf. But the yeah. problem is that there's seven days in a week, Vaughn. And uh, which day was that? But that wasn't... Definitely not Tuesday. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a funny thing, fuckwittery, isn't it? I, I think that, you know... Everyone has the capacity. Oh, to be a I've, I reckon I've... In your moment, you can accidentally, be a fuckwit. Yeah. Yeah, I try not to fuckwit out too much, but I'm sure I've fuckwitted on heaps of crew. Mm. Oh. I've I've definitely had my fair share, like those kids at the pass and the chicks in bikinis and stuff we mm. mentioned earlier. Like that, that djembe you uh, ran your Bowie knife through. Yeah, cut the skin out of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'd like to know, uh, Vaughn, Raff, uh, you know, what constitutes uh, a piece of uh, A-grade fuckwittery? I guess you mentioned a few examples, but... Uh, you know, a recent uh, example. Let's of my let, fuck witticism. Yeah, I mean, this being ain't that swell up late state of the culture. Fuck witticism. That is next level. It's going straight into my vocab. But uh, yeah, I uh, believe maybe now would be a good time to purge. Yeah, there's no time like now, is there? Okay, um, when was a good time? I was a fuck wit recently. Um, I think it's just any time when you're so ashamed of your behaviour. And you're looking at, and you like have a moment. And you're looking around, just going. Is people are looking at me, going, "Is that person really doing this in a serious notion?" Mm. And I think that's when you sort of enter the fuckwit realm, <laughs> when you're just like going. People are looking at you, and you're going, "Oh God, this is how I'm being perceived by the world." Mm. I love those ones when you're particularly righteous. You know, you're like, oh, this is fucked. Like, I am very clearly the victim in this situation. I'm being stitched up. And then you, you take a step back and someone just easily navigates that challenge that you were having. Oh, man, that is the number one, number one, Smivy. You could not have said it better. When I am absolutely certain of anything, fuck wittery is just around the corner. Oh, <laughs> I am ready for a fuckwit meltdown because any time I put my foot in the, in the ground and go, no, I'm right on this occasion, guaranteed fuckwit. Mm. Good chat. Yeah. Welcome to Ain't That Swell Up Late. Adam Gray has a question. Uh, Adam, uh, he is a, uh, a guy from Sydney, Australia. Pictured here with his... Beautiful missus or sister, it's hard to tell. But his question is, would you rather sup foil every day or be introduced as the 89 world champ every time you spoke? <laughs> oh. It's a, uh, it's one of the more subtle fuckpotses we've had <laughs> on the program, but a fuckpots nonetheless. I, I, I'm, I've gone completely cold on fuckpots. Mm. I love pots. Mm. Love him. I just saw a clip of him surfing Kira on the pulse. Oh, Insta, and he was how just are those fucking under the lip cut down stalls. And I spent most of my grommethood like, if you saw Strange Desires when you're a kid, mate, fucking forget about it. That was the best movie of its time by a mile. You know, when he's just all juiced up singing 
Fucking Aerosmith at the start, miming it word for word. Have you seen it? On the Berlin Wall? Oh, yeah. It's just unbelievable. What a movie. What a surfer. Here we go. Potsy's fault that he was the 89 world champ. Well, it is. He went and won the world title. But, it's Potsy now. You're, but it's you're on Potsy Ch- basis with Potts. Oh, it's, <laughs> yeah, we're tight. But uh, Joe Chappell couldn't definitely be responsible for um, dropping the 89 world champ chat on him pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Well, what else yeah. has he done? I mean, that's still that's an achievement. I'm like, you, you look at me like I'm diminishing the achievement of the 1980. No, oh man, well, I, th- I think Potts' story is just I mean, what else could we int- beyond belief. My, my qu- no, but my question is, what else could we introduce him as? Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, he's a fucking man. I mean, well, he's, well, he's, give he's me the, some ideas. I'm spitballing here. Aerial pioneer, the aerial guy pioneer. who uh, left home at 15 to go on tour, which is just, you know, ridiculous and unheard of. Winner of the uh, Gunston 500. Yeah. You know, why don't we run with that for a bit? Uh, he he paddled our pipeline, got like a... Second reefer in his first ever t- attempt out there, and just you know blew the doors off that whole mm. world in a, a single wave. And I think he got a ten for that. Mm. Uh, and and just like it just goes on and on and on. The flame boards even. Oh. That's, that's how I introduced him to him. Mm. Welcome to uh, yeah, you know, back to the, my co-host uh, Martin Potter, who basically introduced the sickest board spray of the nineties, rocking those uh, fucking epic flames down the rails of his board. Every kid wanted them. Where's that introduction on the wazzle? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Not, yeah, we gotta we gotta introduce it. Well, yeah. He was he was the rock star, mate. Fuck he was a rock star. There's yeah, one and, here and, for oil. Sorry, I was just gonna what? add to that. Um and, and rock stars definitely not known for being fuckwits. Mm. No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> what have you got there, right? Uh this one goes out to you, Mr. Vaughan. Mm. Um Saw you outside Bunnings empty handed. Was the you, Mister, secretly only there for the sausage sizzles, Vaughn? So this was from Jamie Bester. I've, I saw the boys. I came out of Bunnings empty-handed because uh, the sausage sizzles have been put on hold while COVID's on. Mm-hmm. I, I did actually just go in to wash my hands because I'd taken a piss around the back <laughs> and I just went in to use the hand sanitizer because, you know. That sounds like essential. First. Yeah. Safety yep. first, mate. Good to see the boys. Though. I love it. I love, love bumping swellings all around. Ballina, Lennox, Creso, down in Sydney, whenever I'm uh, down there. But nothing stokes me out more, Raph, 
That's good. Hopefully you get a few swelling and shout outs now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. That'll be good, mate. That'll be good. Up All the right. reptilians. Gotcha. Here's one. Uh, this is from a good friend of the show, Connor Gorman. Connor Gorman, he says, is Rage 3 the clip of the year? Is Sean Manners possibly the GOAT's offspring? Have a go at the fucking airs that loony is punting. Fuck me sideways. Who else is drawing lines like they do and packing eight-foot cones, making it look like a cakewalk? Put down the put down the bugle, Smivy. This needs investigating. UTFS. Mm. Well said, Connor, and I well agree. Said. 100% clear. Uh, yes to the first question, no to the second. Um, yes being, it is the film of the year. No being, Chuni is not the goat's offspring. Have you seen the salad on Chuni? Are you kidding me? There's, that's, uh, there's no goat season <laughs> that salad, dude. Yeah, and um, is it Matty? Bit of goat's Matty cheese, Matty's. He's, uh, he's He's putting the boards under... The boys in a, a lot of those clips. So ah. shout yeah, out to big like, props there yeah. to uh, to the chewing they were. Uh, Chiggins is just ripping, mate. Loving. Matty Manners was uh, he was like a nineties pro, right? Eighties yeah. pro. Yeah, yeah. Big time. Uh, on the CT or not? Not that level. Mm, I know that he uh, he was traveling the well, traveling. He was competing on the ACC for a while. and might have hit the QS and done the tour for a couple of years. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, we have got a question here. From uh, Egmund von Schnitzel. And uh, Egmund, I can tell you, uh, enjoys looking at sunsets uh, from the back of a van. Sort of like a Corona commercial. And his question is, is an Orchie bottle... uh, Sorry, coronavirus commercial, I should have said. uh, Is an Orchie bottle or Gatorade best suited for ripping lung-busting, COVID-destroying, Krakatoa-erupting dust clouds of hoochie? Asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd have to say... You're, you're the expert on this. Well, I, I haven't had a bong since uh, high school and it was definitely Orchies then. I don't think they mm. had energy drinks back then. No, nah, that wasn't a thing. Pre-energy no drink? What did that world look like, Vaughn? It was a very calm place, mm. Smivy. Uh, not too much, you know, nowhere near as much sort of the road rage. The... Were, yeah, way less electrolytes. Yeah. It was... Less guarine. One time, circulation. Though, on, the, on the bong thing, I remember we had a little bong dungeon just uh, in the dunes down from my house. And uh, one time uh, I'd been busted, not from Mama Swillian, but uh, my stepdad at the time, he, he was went to hose the garden out the front and the hose didn't reach. Oh. And he was like, oh, fuck, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> so I started just taking hoses out of bongs down in the dunes mm. and taking them back home and just shoving them between my mattress and my... Uh, and my uh, bed base. And then uh, one year I moved down to my dad's and just forgot all about him. And the phone rings one night and it's, it's mum and she's like, so, uh, yeah, we were moving your bed out of the, uh, the, the bottom room and about 19 bong hoses fell out of it. And I got stitched up <laughs> for cutting the hose off our house hose, even though I'd never done it. Who was this uh, hose-cutting culprit, Vaughn? I was getting all the hoses who, who from bongs out of the dunes, mate. You were doing the right thing. That's right. I'm very sorry to hear that. Yeah, you were, no. uh, just another one fingered. of those making a murder of docos. Uh, mm. the, the punishment doesn't fit the crime. But I'd have to say uh, on that, I, I, my uh, implement of choice at the moment is a uh, Nepalese chillum perched in a back street of Kathmandu for $2. 
US. And the best thing about this implement is that you can uh, grip it in such a way that your mouth doesn't come into contact uh, with the implement. Um, so therefore, it is, I feel like, the most hygienic way to rip a thumper. Um, and I think this is exactly why uh, they use this implement in India and Nepal. It is for hygienic reasons. Um, and, you know, this isn't their first rodeo. They've had uh, many a pandemic. I feel like they've almost lived in a, a constant state of mm. pandemic. Um, you know, ever since the, the British Raj arrived there and probably long before then. But a lot of people in that country, a lot of uh, potential for infection and disease um, and thus the uh, incredible bong-ripping implement called the Chillin was invented. So try and get yourself on. In fact, when the Swellian store is up and running uh, in the very near future, we'll be selling these online uh, straight from... The well-worn hands, the calloused hands of a Kathmandu Chillum artisan into your mouth. Mm. There you go. Mm. No more plastics. That's right. There you go. Love it, Smithy. Here's one from Desert Daniel. Who wins a game of Brazilian beach bat? Gabby the smooth nipple machina or the screaming koala? Italo Ferreira. Mm. Right. I mean, Raph- well, I haven't seen the uh, beach bat skills of either man, but I'm assuming they would be the Federer and Nadal of the beach game. Mm, mm. Uh, they have a natural predisposition to like from all that capoeira and things like mm. that to yeah, having perfect body form and uh, mm. bat beach ball. Well, I've seen you and Ari, uh, the rookie, mm. engaging in beach bat. Uh, who, who has the upper hand there and who's, who are the best that you've encountered in your time beach batting? Yeah, so with Ari's more leaner, tall physique, he can reach some pretty deep low mm. technical shots but my sort of midget strength more stocky physique allows me to sort of just overpower him in a lot of situations <laughs> don't mind that um well do you have a, a take then because uh last year in the pipe masters final we saw italo just out muscle medina really wasn't it it was a mm. it was a just a performance of mm. of pure getting over the top with the, the short, stocky power game that mm. you're talking about. It, but if there is one thing I can tell you from my youth uh, spent uh, on the beach there at Bondi, it's that muscle counts for little in the beach bat game. Mm. Uh, but I do believe that yeah, it would be a, a long and grueling war of attrition uh, a la Nadal and Federer match. And uh, given that was the case, I feel like Medina, Medina's capacity for uh, you know just longevity and endurance would eventually uh, have its way over the more explosive powerhouse uh, that is Italo Ferreira I've in a game a question, of beach bat. A question for both of you guys. Given that Italo cracked Medina in that final last year, like Strider said at one point he had tears in his eyes paddling back out and there was still heaps of time on the clock, but he had clearly rattled him and uh, he took a heavy wipeout. We've talked about that. Mm, cracked him like an egg did, creme on a hot day, didn't he, Vaughan? He, he did. Do, do you think... That Medina has, is, is that going to stay with him? Or is he the kind of animal that just puts that completely out of his mind? Because not many people have cracked him. I mean, we know he cries a fair bit. Yeah, he loves uh, it. But, yeah. but that was the first time I felt like it was, it was sort of. Was that the follow on, though, from, from that technical. Um, you know, what was the. the that paddle battle. Techn- what was the thing you did with. Um, Kaya Belly. Mm hmm. You think he was having some kind of uh, 
was that remorse at an inopportune time? Yeah, just, was it the psychological? Some PTSD sort of from that earlier. I, I just wonder whether down. you know, like nothing seems to rattle Medina ever, and that was the first time. I mean, like, like he has lost close ones and let off steam and, and shed a few tears. Oh, no, he's let off more than steam, Vaughan, from what I'm seeing of those uh, parties in Florianapolis <laughs> with uh, Neymar and the boys, but mostly girls. But don't you think? Don't you think that's that's weird to see him crack mid heat? I don't think like think of the he buckled. The, yeah, think he of the apart. the Ryan uh, Callanan heat where he he was cornered, comboed with two minutes to go. Mm. You know, he just he never looks like he's going to lose, and in that final, he looked like he was gone. And it, it's a good point. And interestingly, it's to his countrymen, and I feel like that adds a bit of sting to it because um, mm. there's there's more than just the world title at stake. Perhaps you know, Idolo's a guy who you know is not going away. Mm. He's going to be there. Year in, year out. And it might just be that uh, Medina was seeing the writing on the wall for the long term. He's mm, like, that's what I'm feeling. This guy's cracked me like an egg creme on a hot day. And he's going to continue scoffing those little eggs. Mm-hmm. Day in, day out, year in, year out. The reign of the bald-chested Medina could indeed have come to an end. The screaming koala. Ain't that swell? Up late. State of the culture. Culture. Uh, I got uh, yeah, here's a good one. Uh, this one comes from Jared O'Hara. I once owned a Ford XF panel van. Uh, that's one of the boxy front, uh, for those not to know. And wanted to know your thoughts. Is it better to have a full half or red light tank of fuel to limit the tank slosh when getting down to business? I think me and the wife kept a few fellow campers awake on the missions down the south coast. Um, I feel like this question was directly pretty purely towards you, Jen. Mm. Yeah, I feel like you might be a bit of an authority on this sort of... Mm-mm. Yeah, I have been single a while. And I would say this, uh, mate, the amount of noise you make is irrelevant, dude. Just fucking rip her apart like a cooked chook. And all your campers are camped around, look... Look, it's one night of the year, and to be honest, they're probably going to enjoy the uh, show anyway. They'll be, you know, busting a nut or doing what they do uh, to the sounds of your wife's screams of ecstasy and, uh, to a lesser extent, the slosh of your petrol tank. So, mate, don't even let it worry you. Just rip in. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. Bow, bow. Chica, chica. Oh, yeah. Okay, so maybe I've got one here from Porridgehead for you. You've got a three-month lockdown and you can only choose one. Four to six-foot Kira every day with no one out and no devil's lettuce or three-foot pass at Byron, but you've got an STI free Euro buzzard on the beach rolling you baseball bat thumpers and you can rip into both at any time. Which is it? Yeah, six to, six, four to six-foot Kira, no one around, yep. but no... Uh, no weed or a three foot pass with a, a gorgeous European joint roller sitting on the beach, filling you up with scoops on the run around. And that I can rip apart like a cook's chook. Is that part of the deal? Well, I guess that's one way you could describe it. Well, I thought that was uh, part of the deal. Um, I'd have to go, look, since uh, I've been in isolation, social isolation, look, social isolation 
is no easy feat for a single male right now. Like, um, you know, I am fucking struggling. My weight is ballooning. I have – my sack is so big it's touching the ground. I have, like, varicose veins of semen. My legs – my calf muscles are just, like, you know, seven times uh, the usual size. So I'm just carrying around, uh, you know, tubs of hot seed uh, and <laughs> – it's brutal, <laughs> let me tell you. So, Ooh. I mean, just waves aside, right now, I'm, I'm just taking, uh, you know, I'm in that kind of any holes a goal um, stretch. So, yeah, I'm taking the buzzard and the joint roller and I'm hoping to, dear God, we can uh, sneak off into the disabled toilets just over there at the pass and, uh, uh, you know, just uh, do some of uh, God's work on each other, an act of God, as it were. That was really taking me there. Yeah. Thank you. Jed Smith's life in isolation. Culture. 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 All right. You got one more, fellas? Um, the, Steve Bull has uh, a question. Just after more Smithy isolation rants, can he give us one once a week? Uh, you asked and I shall deliver. This one is called Cry You Coward here on Up Late State of the Culture. Cry You Coward? Why not? You afraid of a bit of snot? Go on, mate. Let it flow. Let it all go. Have a teary. You'll feel less dreary. What's wrong? Too much of a man? Rather find solace in a can? Your own biggest fan? The big tough man. No, you're not. You're weaker than the piss you're drinking. It's all right to cry when the ship is sinking. Go on. Free yourself of all that thinking. Let it flow. Let it go. All this tough guy, white guy masculinity is a curse. Statistics show it's more than likely to put you in a hearse. War, greed, depression, suicide, domestic violence, violence... All cause you two men to cry, to let a little drop of salty water come out your eye. What's the hang-up? Too tough to sook? You the big man, the big chook. Look to the ladies. Why are they so free of mental disease? When was the last war they started? Big tough man holds it all in, sipping his tin until his hair goes thin. And he sharded. I see sharded was meant to rhyme with when was the last war they started. Sharded. Didn't quite um, didn't quite go in the cadence though. This is ain't that's well up late. Culture. Fuck cunt. Why so grim? Go out on a limb. Let the water flow off your chin. You'll feel great. I promise. Better than whacking off on the couch and dipping straight into a big tub of hummus. It's all good, brother. Better to cry and let it all go than have to sign up to become more... Oh, fuck. It didn't rhyme again. This is Ain't That Swell up late. Gotcha. 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 I'll give that another go. Mm-hmm. It's all good, brother. Better to cry and let it all go than have to sign up to become more fucking cannon fodder. It's all pride and ego and men being men when the goal is actually to be more zen. No one respects a hothead. He's a liability, a punish. Sometimes he's your friend. Other times he's a fucking punish. Fuck! 
I should have proofread this. This is rubbish. <laughs> Why don't you just redo it? No, no. I'm pressing on board. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I should know. I was one. And I was the product of many more. And my mates were famous for leaving cunts laid out on the floor. But I saw the light. Now I can walk away from a fight. I'd rather have a scoob and fly a kite. I've made peace with all that hippie shite. Turns out the cunts were actually fucking right. You got there. You got there, mate. And can I just say, ain't that swell up late? State of the culture. (laughs) This uh, question is coming in from Mitch Spaz, and he wants to know... Spazzo. Spazzo. Why don't the pros ride more alternative craft like twins on the CT? Well, being... I'm a twin rider. I love them. I love them short, fat, flat, and thick. Like, that's that's my favourite board. But when it comes to hitting the lip, well, uh, there's not a whole lot of variety in terms of uh, high-performance surfing. You're not you're not going to keep up with them. You can go as fast as them, but you're nursing a lot of turns. Or if you're an average guy, I mean, Rasta fucking surfs twin fins as good as just about anyone. Asher Pacey surfs are fucking Bryce unbelievable. Young. Bryce, Bryce Young is unbelievable. Can we get on Bryce him. Young on a CT? Put I mean, him snap you put up, those guys in a heat, and they're every chance of causing an upset. Uh, especially if it's six to eight foot and it's like down the line and fucking pumping. Especially at like, I don't know, J-Bay, a twinny must look fucking unbelievable out there, right? I don't know. Maybe that's a good question. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I believe Curran got the nod over Bainey, right? Was that Hoy? Hoy. Hoy. Yeah, on a fridge door. It was like a, not a, even a, a twinny, right? In not France. even a cool twinny. Just a, just a big old heaper. Mm. Uh, and I feel like that's where you'd ride them, is in those kind of burgery tidal heats in France or uh, Portugal. Oh, it'd be so good to see. Maybe it bells on a uh, on a more cumbersome swell. Uh, I mean, there is uh, there is valid as ever, aren't they? Uh, the surfing being done on them anyway, like you said, it's mind-blowing. Torrin Martin's another one. Mm. Uh, completely mind-blowing. Some of the best lines and the best surfing I've seen done. Yeah, I've got Michael last decade been on uh, Twin Fins. Mm-hmm. Fair base. It's a joy to watch. It's th- And I guess that's ultimately what counts, right, uh, for the spectator and the public. You know, what is beautiful surfing? That's mm. what we want to see, beautiful lines, original lines, high performance still. Uh, maybe it's a time to rethink the criteria or, um, I don't know, make space for the 20. Or do you have like a... Like throughout the competition year within the CT, every surfer has got to ride in one event, a single fin, a 20, thruster, and a quad. And they're allowed to, say if there was the 10 events, within those they had to ride one of those and then there was four or five events where they're allowed to ride their normal setup. It would be so fun. Fun, fun, fun. So then they had to, okay, and it didn't matter where you'd get to chose, so you could do it at the, the wave pool. You could ride a 20. I love it. I'd love to see Medina's interpretation of a twin fin or, or Toledo. I mean, any of those top guys really. Oh, they're going to fucking flare on them. Mm. Like, no doubt. But there's, like you say, there's there's kind of be uh, aspects of their surfing on those boards that just is going to look rank. Yeah. And, uh, Which would mean that then the best surfers shine. Mm hmm. So I, I think that there's a, yeah, it's a really good question. 
I'd love to see it a little more often. Mm. Uh, I'd love to see a surfer just take a chance and go out and have some fun with it. Well, Dane was really the only person who ever pushed that limit when he took out the dumpster diver at Trestles. Mm. And then there was that time he took out that uh, that weird 20 at France, maybe? Took out a weird... Did he? Yeah, he I took out that a weird one. Channel Islands twin. Yeah. With a tracer? Yeah, had a little, yeah, little trailer, tracer fin. Yeah, that was really... I feel like that is the the middle ground. That's the, the missing link between the, the thruster and the 20. And I feel like that might be the most valid design for what we're talking about that exists. Mm. Interesting that Reynolds uh, tried it out uh, and then so quickly disappeared off the tour. And that's uh, unfortunate. But then there was, like, at the time, around. that was like when Dane was on tour, he'd just come out of doing the channel i mean the what was it marine layer and he was the best surfer in the world and he didn't win the world title mm. and so maybe surfing needs to push towards a more style and flow aspect and not just who's the best competitor which is what slater's wave pool can produce you just get to go for, be free mm. as opposed to just competing for <sighs> oh, it's a tricky one once you start going into that wormhole of uh you know what what are we judging when we're judging surf comps? Because mm. those, you know, the judges have been brought up through a system. They've been doing it for a hundred years just to get to that top level, just like all the surfers. Yeah. So they know what they're trying to do. Uh, they know what they want to see, and and uh, the surfers, I guess, they make m- minute changes to it rather than sweeping changes, which that's the only way they can make changes, right? Because then everyone starts fucking whinging like they do on comment boards and whatever, and everyone shits themselves, and no changes happen. I don't know. It's it's like if we come out of this thing, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe like being forced to throw a twenty in, or, or at least I don't know. Like I I know that like watching Bryce Young surf and Asher Pacey and Rasta on twins is fucking as good as surfing can ever look. Sometimes mm. I stepped out of it when the film was done. It was the end of the game for me. But I just disconnected to surfing, to the media of surfing and the hype of surfing, because I could see clearly what was going to happen. Because, you know, those corporations, when they stepped in, and not only the surfing corporations, but the corporations internationally, I could see there was going to be this tsunami coming. And I wanted to get out of the road. I didn't want to be caught in it. So I went for the high ground. I went to Tibet. I always wanted to, with the wave pull, where you had like a Wheel of Fortune style spinning wheel, and you had every different trick. So pop, shove it, chop, hop. Mm barrel air so you had to spin the wheel and say if we're in a heat vaughny you spin and so you get the first trick is snap and so we both have to do a snap as our first move next trick was going to be an alley-oop so then we both had to do an alley-oop so then we were competing against the same set of criteria and you had to be able to produce a sequence of tricks in an order so that it was you were surfing against each other for the same thing which would make the wave pool justifiable, mm-hmm. I think, because then you would just swing the wheel of fortune and then you'd go, okay, sweet, alley-oop, snap, barrel, I don't know, snap down. It definitely makes it easier for the public at home to see who the winner is. Yeah. That's for sure. We're more than overdue for some new contest formats, right? I mean, the, the surfing is so much more infinitely diverse than what we get to see uh, unfold on the WSL. And the repertoire of, like, the... P- tricks that surfers can perform is but just the thing, ridiculous there, there is there is this one other aspect to it though and that's uh you, you fucking watch it just someone put together a wave 
uh, at high speed with just big fucking open faced hacks and just attacking the lip and you know those you know those ones you see like just a ten you know when you see a ten point ride like yeah. especially now because they've never hand them out mm. you just no question you just like fuck that was Felipe at J Bay that was incredibly well surfed Two there's no back, argument that was sick well yeah I, I mean I, I don't know what the point of that is but like I just maybe um maybe like high performance surfing is always like the top end of the, you'll always get a sense of it when you're seeing it, Mm. regardless of what the criteria is telling you. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Does it? Like, you know, like if you're not watching a comp and you watch someone put together a fucking unbelievable wave just free surfing, you're like, whoa, that can't just fucking tore that annui. But those people who can do that on a surfboard, they, you know, disappear into the, the galaxy of surfing. They're not often ever even seen. By the mainstream. Mm. I mean, you know, like the, I guess the, the surfing public at large doesn't necessarily get to see those other equally high-performance radical uh, takes on surfing. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking of like the likes of Ryan Birch, uh, Tyron Martin, Bryce Young, these, you know, what they're Fuck, doing on asymmetrical boards. Fuck, Ryan Birch is good. How yeah, good is he? he? The whiplash that guy has. Him and Bryce, aren't they? They're just like the way that they can harness speed into a, a line that you haven't seen before is just amazing. Mm. And they really use, you know, like a lot of pro surfing happens right in the pocket. Like that, that's where it's all based. Birch and uh, uh, Bryce. Brycey, they go fucking all over the shop. Mm. They're 10 miles out in front of the pocket, way back behind it, surfing on whitewash, flying off the... Like they fucking use a lot of wave face, which is not something you see a whole lot on tour. I look forward to seeing, yeah, more of that. I need more diversity in the CT or just, yeah, give Good it stuff. Me. Hey, uh, guys, I reckon we're uh, close to wrapping here, but um, I've got a really good question here from Garlic Prawn. And he says, will a gath helmet protect me from the COVID? I'm saying screen down, good chance. I've got no proof, no evidence of that, but screen down, come on. Mm. What's getting through a gaff? It's not penetrating shit. I mean, if it's keeping Garrett McNamara's seven six out, uh, you'd think this measly bacteria's got no chance, mate. It's it's nothing's getting through the gaff, mate. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Uh, it could be the future. I get the jump on all this kind of facial recognition technology too. Um, just an arm, army of. Uh, Visor down gath wearers on the streets. I love it. I love it. All right, Swellians, should we just get that happening? Mm. Just non-stop gath wearing. Let's get the Swellians, if you've got a visor gath, send us you dealing with the COVID crisis full-time gath visoring. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll extend that uh, to uh, any kind of take on the visor gaff. Maybe you don't have a visor, but maybe you've uh, got the gaff and mm. can make some kind of uh, you know, facial protection Fantastic. mechanism. DM them to us on the, uh, the Swelly and Instagram and we're going to pick a winner and get, get a sick prize. I reckon we get a, get some, a little pack together. Yeah, we'll, we'll get some, something from the, the bong. Yeah. Um, but I'd love to see as well, uh, you know, Completing daily tasks, mm. you know, whether it be uh, buying toilet paper, because um, that's all that anyone buys these days. Um, mowing the lawn, any kind of any kind of public. Uh, I love it. Public act. Yep. Gath yeah, challenge. Perhaps yeah, the gath is the most powerful protectant we have in the PPE format. Like, is it going to get us through? <laughs> I think it might. Mm, I don't know what PPE stands for, but. <laughs> 
Agreed. Mm. Now, ain't that swell? Um, Tom Symes has a question here. Uh, Tom is pictured here having a hell time with his little baby on you, Tommy. You look like a great dad, mate. Um, although I'm just going off your Facebook profile, so it's hard to really vouch for you. Uh, hello, lads. Is the WSL going to be able to re-emerge from the coronavirus pandemic in the same format? Or is the financial hit it's going to take necessitate another change in structure or format to the CT season, given the WSL doesn't make any money anyway? Will this pandemic change the face of pro surfing going forward? And what changes would you implement? Would you guys implement if you could? P.S. If you ever want to do a show in England, let me know and I'll put it on for you. Oh, jeez, Simesy, bro. You fucking hell, man. This is Ain't That's Well Up Late. State of the culture. 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 Man, uh, great question. Great question. This this is a a really good opportunity for the WSL to have a good look at changes they might want to make and uh, start floating them around. A few of what we just discussed. Yeah, a little bit of what we just discussed. Um, There was talk of an end-of-season boat trip extravaganza thing for a little while there that uh, Sophie Goldschmidt I think was floating but uh, I love the end of year thing going down a pipe so I don't know I'd lo- that's just the ultimate place to win a world title don't you think mm-hmm. like you can do whatever you want for the rest of the year but if, the, if you're in the you race you just got to wrap it up on mm. in, in the the ultimate mm. arena you know it has to be there. it has to be but um, I don't know Smithy what about you I reckon we could definitely see some different formats I'd like to see a team, some sort of team uh, element with actual uh, importance attached to it. I've been going on a bit about it, but just because I just love the club culture in Australia and if we could bring that into international surfing, that would just be so fun, Mm. so fun, where people had that World Cup mentality kind of thing where you're just frothing for your team. Mm. You know, I just think that that's a good thing in surfing, having a bit of a team element. Mm. What about the guys having to shape their own boards? Uh, I like the Shapers Cup idea. It's mm. been floated on it's the program pushed. in the past. And uh, I think that, I mean, again, that's uh, one of those contest formats that hasn't been experimented with that should be. And maybe it's not up to the WSL to bring that to the table. Maybe it's up to Vans or Billabong or one of the other companies. But, wow, you'd watch it, wouldn't you? I mean, other options uh, include uh, some kind of boat trip format i guess what sophie's saying but just mm. not at the end of the year uh it would be great to see the world's best uh what, what do you have much like do you have beef with the the current system the way it's set up and and stuff like that i mean it, it, some people say it's too long some people say it's uh drawn out too and, long not long enough yeah i, I don't know I, I, five days of sport where you can just chill, like people are saying you know the swill only goes for three days you know, there's fucking all these like just nitpick and scratchy. But like, I'm like five days of surfing, mate. Fucking bring it on. It's I'll hard. sit there well, and watch. I agree with that one though. It's hard to get uh, the amount of swell needed to run a five day contest in whatever it is. Pumping waves the whole time. Fourteen days, ten yeah. days, whatever the window is. Fully. Uh, that's the one I, I do agree with. Just getting. We just want to see the world's best in the most cooking conditions possible. So, and I think we achieve that by mm. and large. So, not too much to uh, to fuck witticism about the WSL. 
But uh, I like your idea. Shapers Cup's a sick one. Yeah, just like just not have every comp the same. Mm. Know that at each location you go to, you have to do something a bit different. Yeah. Let's put them in and, you know, let's see them surf. I don't know, like Big Waimea, you know, like the Smirnoff Pro in 75. Yeah, you know, man. These kind of like yes. water, water men, water women uh, challenges. Uh, you know, let's bring a bit of the big yeah. wave world to it. You know, I, I think like a wave like, uh, what's the one uh, in Chile, the big left there? Mm. Um, Pocahontas. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, something like that. Some high performance big wave spot. I've even, you know, some of the high performance big wave surfing that's done on big boards, you know, big turns. Uh, that stuff's mind blowing. Mm. I mean, I, I guess you do get a taste of it at Margs, to be fair. So okay. yeah, I think of like even just a couple of new waves every year. Some slabs. I just, think it needs some slabs, yeah. some proper slabs. Like just, just it's it's really tricky because a lot of people don't want the WSL coming to their region anymore. They've mm. they've kind of like locked themselves into their their zones. But you know. It needs a couple of new waves every year, mm-hmm. just to, just to flare it up. When the search was on, like how good were those comps? Every one of them was just like an unknown. It was just epic. Is is uh, Irons Brothers won three of the four or something crazy? Wow. Like, yeah, that's that Arika, madness. Arika contest was one of the best. One of the for the the bloodlusting surfing public, mm. absolute carnage. But is Toomey up there at uh? In West Oz, is that on the map enough oh, I, to I, have a contest there yet? I, I mean, I, that, I, I would love to see. The world's best pitted against that wave. It's one of the heaviest on the planet and and most sublime. I think there's just so much opposition mm. from you know local and and what uh, what a CT event means at their spot, but it shouldn't be. It no shouldn't one be wants like that. to surf that joint. Like I mean, I know it gets crowded and that, but the wave is 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 fucking death. It's yeah, a death plus, trap. like, do you need like fucking looks after all the itself. infrastructure and stuff? Like, can't you just have cameras there and, and yeah, just do Billabong it all? Yeah, super challenge yes. style. Let's see a bit of that combat. Whittle really it all down to nothing. Take no one out there except the surfers and just chuck them in the water. Well, nothing's sacred now, too. That's the other thing. Like mm. when they did the comp in Mexico. No one had really taken any notice of Mexico as a mm. surf location back then. Like it wasn't anything. And now, now everyone knows every break. Everyone's scoured every little section on Google Earth. It's true. We're Nothing's vi- sacred now. So you may as mm. well just light up places for two weeks a year and then everyone moves on and then it's over. And different waves go in and out of vogue too. You know, Mexico being vogue and then there'll be zones that are forgotten about whether it's i don't know the maldives or the andamans or whatever you know even certain aussie slabs you see it uh you know they pop off for a bit and then people lose interest and move on to the next find and it all kind of evens out in the wash fully fully it it really does man i mean i think i think waves just do that in general you know neas disappeared for years until after the earthquakes and uh people started going hang on a minute it's like more shallow there now the slab is legit it's breaking different you know and and it's just it, it fully was almost on holiday for 20 years, other than for the, the small crew who were going there. Now it's packed out. So, I, the, you know, they have their, their moment of being popular, then they fade out for a little bit, and then it, it comes back in. And I guess it's just like when you're looking around your own area for, for breaks, you're not going to surf, you know, here you're not going to surf the pass or Lennox Point every single day. But every now and again, when it's on, you feel like having a wave out there and you'll you'll give it a shot. It's like... You move around a lot. Surfers are always just sort of, you know, navigating their way around to whatever's going to be good on the day, right? Mm, mm. So it's not like you just always, just by running a comp, going to attract people who are only going to surf that wave day after day after day. Mm. 
It's true. I'd also love to see a contest held in a proper wedge. I want to see what these guys can do with a big slingshot horseshoe ramp in mm. front of them. Just go after go. We don't have one of them on tour, do we? It's the only one that's kind of missing. Mm. Well, I think we expected more from Karamas the last time it was there. It just didn't really give the sections that we saw Julian and John John pump those big oops on. Mm. But, uh, I mean, there's a few of them around the world, isn't there? Yeah. Surely we can dig up a You'd quality so. wedge. I mean, maybe we can make our own. Drop some... Uh, Drop some, you know, big blocks of concrete uh, in a random stretch of beach somewhere. The pool. In Morocco, perhaps. The pool. What's a beach there? What are the pools going to do? Mm. How are they going to factor in? Mm. Got a question here from Luke Wallace. Uh, what is Smivy's current cone consumption during lockdown? Um, and I did actually have an archaeologist look at my cone piece and dig through the layers of resin uh, <laughs> to decide this. And uh, it was somewhere in the vicinity of... Uh, you know, eight to nine thousand a day. Mm. It's gone up. Wow. That's, a, that's a, just a little above average, I'd imagine. Mm. Some of them are micro cones, to be, to be honest. Mm. Just sprinkles, and uh, some of them are thumpers, rompers. Well, boys, ain't that swill up late? The state of the culture. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. As as always, Vaughn. It's uh, great to get. Uh, you know, invested properly mm. in the state of the culture. I'm really looking forward, to be honest, with both you guys, all four of you guys. There's uh, also Louis, our, our sound guy, is in the room with us. You don't get to hear him too much. We'll get you on the mic one of these days, Louis. What I was going to say, though, Smivy, is uh, I'm looking forward to some non-COVID ch- uh, banter coming up soon. Mm. It's the hot topic. We haven't had much of a chance to talk to it, talk about it, but... Uh, I'm looking forward to getting real deep on some up late vintage culture with you soon. Because mm. we can get Raf back in and talk surf movies, surf music, mm. art, art, board design. Mm. Go deep. And bourgeois media parasites. Another favourite topic of mine. Uh, just a public service announcement before we go. Uh, I just chipped my tooth eating a Go Natural almond apricot and coconut uh, snack bar. Containing prebiotics, so it says you're on the packet. Uh, steer, cl- steer clear, Swellians. It's a uh, it's a death trap wrapped up in delicious apricot, coconut, and almond. Raf, thanks for joining us on Ain't That Swell, up late state of the culture. culture. Thank you so much for having me. Are you kidding me? You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? This guy, are you kidding me? 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 You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Oh, you gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me, right? You gotta be kidding me. What? You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Come on, you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? You kidding me? You kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? You kidding me. You kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? 
Are you kidding me? Are you fucking 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 kidding me? You have to be fucking kidding me. Are you fucking kidding me?